0: Ghostly Thistle presents The Antique Shop Episode 23 The Brooch It's the start of a new semester And a new academic year. My final year. I honestly didn't think I'd make it this far, especially gee my part-time job. But here we are. No much happened over the summer, save fae that time-jumping, visiting the first Madame Anora back in the Bronze Age. The town was a lot quieter, in general, what way most of the students going home. I spent about half of my time at home with my da, and the other half in the flat, also eerily quiet. Instead of four years, there was only two. At least I no knew which flatmates caused the mess. Summer's over now, no that it's ever really much a summer in Scotland. A few days if you're lucky. There are few differences between summer and autumn, as though we only have three seasons here. Missing the best one out entirely. The leaves have turned and started falling to the ground. The days grow shorter and the weather gets chillier. It was the week before lecture started, when you begin seeing freshers start to wander round, looking like they escaped their nursery, that this particular story happened. I got a bit of a shock on the day in question. The bell above the door chimed in its usual way, And three of us looked up for what we were doing to eye the door, excluding Kronos, who tried to sneakily move one of his checkers over a square or two. Reed didn't notice, and even though I did, I didn't say anything. Seeing Reed lose to a cat is one of the highlights of my days sometimes. I didn't keep the shop a secret for my pals or family. Everyone knows I work in an antique shop. For obvious reasons, I keep the finer details to myself. Given the nature of the shop, no one I know or would even recognise had come through the door. I suppose it was bound to happen eventually. This lassie's name was Rowan. We met during my second year. She was going out with one of my flatmates. They've since split up, but I kept in touch with her. We have a few lectures together now and then, but this past summer I've taken to seeing her more and more. She'd applied for an internship at a big company, which she'd got. It meant, like me, she was more often than not in the city, when none of her other friends were. Since her company is close to the shop, we go for a sneaky lunch once a week. The day she walked through the door of the shop was near the day we had lunch. It was two days before. Rowan looked as surprised to see me as I was her. For her, it was a pleasant surprise. For me, it began to give me that feeling I usually got round customers who were about to buy something I knew would do them harm. I've been working at the shop for nearly a year now, and no one person I know has walked through that door. Why now? Why her? Was it simply a bloy probability? Just because I worked in the shop doesn't even mean the people in my life were immune to it's siren song, or the intrigues of fate. My stomach lurched when I saw her, and it took me a minute to plaster some kind of friendly greeting on my face as she approached the counter. Abashedly, she confessed that she'd never known where the shop was, despite trying to find it a few times when I first mentioned working there. This was wasn't a surprise to me. A few of my friends had said the same thing over the last year. The shop, as ever, is invisible to people who didn't need to be there. Therefore, Rowan did. It was the why that had me worried. There was a brief moment when she reached into her pocket, and I thought the business card was coming out. It was just our phone. Knew that she'd found the shop, she said, she wanted to look ruined. I think I'd have preferred her to ask to see my boss. I etched to go where, follow her like a wee puppy after its ma, talking and distracting her for he picking something up, or worse, buying it. Reed, Finn, and Kronos went back to what they were doing before but I could feel Reed watching me fidget as my eyes followed round around. She came to the counter after a few minutes, blissfully empty-handed. And I thought it was over. I thought, for a fleeting moment, that she was immune. That there were people, however rare, who came into the shop and left way nothing. I'll no be that naive again. As she was talking to me across the glass counter, reaffirming our lunch plans for a few days later, her eyes snagged on something beneath the surface. I felt her attention wander to it, eyes glancing down every few seconds, no really listening to what I was saying. Eventually, she asked to see something out, and I felt my heart drop. She tapped her nail on the glass as she indicated it was a brooch. When I looked down into the bright lights that made horrible things sparkle, I caught what she wanted to see. I could barely remember this brooch. It had been that long since I'd last seen it. I mentioned it at the time. It was back when Reed had left and Finn was my only familiar. One day, when we'd come into the shop... There was this floral brooch lying on the counter. The madam and Kronos were upstairs, and there was no customer in sight. We'd spent the best party that morning daring each other to touch it and making bets on what it did. Instinctively, we both knew it was nothing to laugh at. After that day, it vanished. There in the morning and gone by the afternoon. Finn maintained no one had bought it, and I hadn't sold it to anyone in the time since. It had simply sprouted legs and gone for a walk. Except, I began to realise, it hadn't. It had simply blended in with all of the other shiny nightmares that lived beneath the glass counter. Rowan was eyeing me expectantly, her acrylic nail still resting on the glass surface. I thought she was going to start tapping again. Stiffly, I retrieved the brooch, flinching as my fingers brushed across the petals set into the centre of each flower. I dropped it onto the glass, winced as the metal bar pin scraped against the surface. It was a pretty piece, a decade or so old by the discoloration to the silver metal. It wasn't hallmarked, so probably no real silver. It was a bunch of flowers, tied at their long stems with a fake diamond encrusted ribbon. Each blooming flower had a pearl set into its centre, and was surrounded by thin leaves, also sparkling the same as the ribbon. No, everything in that cabinet is sinister, or so Kronos has told me but I felt in my bones that this brooch probably was. I felt vindicated, remembering that it had also made Finn feel uneasy. He'd refused to touch it the same as me. I dared a quick glance down at the finger that had touched one of the flowers, expecting to see a burn, or that the skin on my fingertips was changing colour, rotting, flaking off. It looked normal, and I let a quiet breath out. I didn't think I need to spell the next part out. Despite my silent prayers that she'd change her mind, find it no to her liking, Rowan bought the brooch, and happily left her purchase. I thought allowing strangers to leave the shop with something horrible was bad, but it's much worse when it's someone you know, someone your pals with. And yet again... There was nothing I could do. It nagged at me constantly for the next two days. Whenever I had a spare minute, I'd be staring at my phone, at the blank text box on my messenger app, typing one lie after the next, something that'd make her return it, before deleting the whole thing and trying again a few hours later. By the time we met for lunch, I was half expecting her notice show up. But she did, and for appearances, nothing bad had happened to her. She was our usual friendly, cheerful self. I even caught the brooch pinned to the collar of her suit jacket. I was taken aback. Maybe we'd both been wrong, Finn and I. Maybe it was some kind of shared delusion. He was my familiar, after all. Maybe I'd spread my own worries about the brooch like a virus, causing him to share in my delusion. We sat down and ordered, getting past the awkward small-talkie when you first meet someone, even if you're pals with them. Everything was going fine until the drinks came. I started noticing something a wee bit strange. I have less things in common with round than most of my pals. To keep the peace, I usually sidestep certain topics in conversation, change the subject, even outright lie if necessary. I started to have trouble doing this early on in the conversation. By the time our meals came, I was certain it wasn't just me no being able to hold my tongue. The topic of our internship came round, And somewhere during our back and forth, I blurted that she wasn't even getting paid for her time and they told her there was no guarantee of future employment. So what was the point in trying so hard and getting so upset over office politics? This should all have been internal monologue, but it was definitely external this time. If looks could kill, I didn't think I'd be recording this. Remembering the glare she gave me across my pasta still makes me shudder. Wisely, she changed the topic. Unwisely, she changed it to her boyfriend. Let's call a spade a spade here, the man's a prick. Like many decent women before her, she kinda seem to see it. But it's no my place to point it out. I always hold my tongue, always. That's how you lose pals by bad mouthing their partners, even if you're right. I observe that rule, usually. I may as well have got up on the table and announced it to the whole bloody restaurant. It was like when I started I couldn't stop. Every bad thought I'd had about this boyfriend of hers was out in the open between us. The can was open and the worms were everywhere. Saying that the rest of the lunch was chilly would be an understatement. I've never wanted to leave somewhere so badly in my entire life. I apologised, barely. Rowan told me that I wasn't the first person to tell her these things in the last few days. It suddenly felt like everyone was being a lot more truthful. Well, that wasn't a coincidence, was it? No unless coincidence was the name of that brooch perched on her collar. I could tell my apology didn't suffice. She usually hugs me before rushing back to work. All I got this time was a half-hearted wave, and no, I'll see you next week, promise. Hearing about what happens to these customers allows me to keep a certain distance for the turmoil that these items create. I have an abstract understanding, but no empathy or sympathy. This was different. I was so close to this one that convincing myself it was fate and that I shouldn't interfere wasn't working. Just one wee exception. That couldn't matter. Just one tiny thing out millions of others. Let the brooch pick another victim instead, just no one of my pals. There was a wee voice in my head as I concocted my plan that sounded an awful lot like the madam. It was a reminder, a warning. We have no right to interfere with fate. But that doesn't mean we can't. Eh? That weekend, a few of my pals were having a small gathering at Ruin's to reunite after a long summer apart. She'd never messaged me rescinding my invitation, so I assumed I was still welcome. I bought the expensive wine for a change, just to make sure she knew I was sorry for what I said, or the fact I said it in the first place, and arrived on her doorstep. I could tell by her greeting that she hadn't quite forgiven me for the lunch, but she was thawing, I even got a half hearted hug as a welcome. I took my space amongst the rest of my pals on the sofa, and it wasn't long before I noticed two things. The first was that she was still wearing the brooch. The second was that everyone in the room couldn't keep their opinions to themselves. Even my quieter pals, the ones drowned out most of the time, were saying things I was sure they were going to regret later. After the first two heated arguments had broken out, I knew it was better to remove the brooch sooner rather than later. You really cannae knock the classics. It was a shame I had to waste my glassy wine, though. Rowan had to go and change out of her drenched top, brooch included, and no long after she came back I visited the wee lassie's room, which was instead her room, to search. It wasn't on the wine-stained top like I'd been hoping, but it was among her other bitsy jewelry on a table in the corner. I swiped it quickly and left. There was peace for the rest of the night. No fights, few dirty looks, booze to make everyone forget. All in all, it was a successful night. I didn't even have a hangover the next day. I returned the brooch to the shop and was just about to put it back in the glass cabinet, ute sight, when the madam came doon. We Kronos. She noticed the brooch and asked if a customer had returned it. Technically, they did; they just didn't know it yet. I told a white lie to my boss. Madam Norna explained what it did. Unaware, I'd already seen it first hand. It was a brooch that caused the people around the wearer to tell the truth, even if they didn't want to. Whatever enchantment was cast on it regarded a mission as lying, hence why I couldn't hold my tongue at lunch, the same as my other pals the night before. I wondered aloud why anyone would want an object that did that. My boss replied that people feel strongly about lies and deceit. They want to know the truth, even if it'll hurt them, because the thought of someone lying hurts them even more. To these people a mission is a cousin a lies. No saying anything is just as bad as saying something untruthful. I wouldn't get on with these people. I was glad my boss didn't wear a brooch like that one. The irony of the situation wasn't lost on me. Having a conversation about lying, about how bad it was, right after I told another lie. With the brooch or the person who cursed it, doesn't understand? Is that a lot of people have a reason for lying? Whether it's to keep the peace or keep their heads on their shoulders, or to no learn about the consequences of interfering with fate. Lies aren't all bad, and the truth isn't always good. But both are necessary. They have to coexist. Speaking hypothetically, I queried my boss why a customer would be drawn to this brooch, why it was meant for them. If she was suspicious that I'd never asked before, she didn't say. The madam confessed that madams cannae immediately tell the reasons why fate has driven the customer to the shop, or to that particular item. Just because madams are guardians of fate doesn't mean they know its plan. She left me to return the brooch, and hide it, along with my lies, amongst the other items in the shop. Her answer nagged at me, tugged at something in my head. Madams were powerful, respected, even feared by some people. But weren't they just hammers? Hiding behind fate, doing as they were told, or using it as an excuse to do nothing at all, to turn their backs on decency? If that's the case, then I have a big problem. I've never been very good at following instructions. <laughs> oh, God, that's a good start. <laughs> there was this floral, bl- floral bloach. <laughs> Her acrylic nail still resting on the glass surface. Surface. <laughs> surface. Oh, Christ. Hearing about what happens to customers allows me to keep a certain distance for the turmoil. Tur- no. Just one wee exception. That couldn't matter. Oh no. She'd never messaged me rescindin ma- rescinding my. rescinding? Rescinding? Oh, is there a difference? It's rescinding, right? Oh, well, I- I'm sure somebody'll correct me. <laughs> it wasn't on the wine stained top, like I'd been hoping, but it was among her other bite bitesy jewellery. <laughs> wow, I think I'm going to start using that. Her bitesy jewellery. Nope. That's. That's not right. Bitesy jewellery. <laughs> fucking hell. Thank you for listening to episode 23 of The Antique Shop. Episode 24 will be released in two weeks' time. If you like the show, then please think about leaving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Or if you'd like to support the show, we have a coffee account. Just search for Ghostly Thistle on coffee.com and donate however much you want. And if you would like to go above and beyond for the podcast, then recommend us to your friends, colleagues, arch enemies, everybody that you will listen to you. If you'd like to get in touch with me, the email address is ghostly.thistle at gmail.com or you can leave me a comment or a message on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Ghostly Thistle. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time.